One. Hi, this is Ball Court, and I'm your host, Coach Root, and this is the world of basketball. I want y'all to join me on this. Each week, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a look at the world of basketball and how things are going to be different going through each and every time, each and every year, how the games are going to evolve, and we're going to break down some games too. So, I want y'all to join me. Stick with me. We're going to have a great time on ball court today. I have some great guests, and we're going to have some great fun with some great topics. Hang around. We'll be here. jump right into and that's going to be the free agency it's been a free agency frenzy today normally i don't lead off the show talking about the nba but today i'm going to i have a special guest al york from the al york sports show he's here with me today and we're going to touch base on some free agency signings um couple there's a couple that i just really want to get right into right away these are the uh, two main ones that I really want to touch base. I know you don't have a whole lot of time. I know you're a busy man, Al. And thank you for coming. I got time. Show. I got time for you, bro. No, I appreciate it. Man. I appreciate it. But I, I want to make sure that we hear about this. First of all, KD has officially left Golden State. True story. He is now in Brooklyn alongside Kyrie. So mm-hmm. now it's K and K over there, and it's. They got some fire things moving. They got some big things that's going to happen. $164 million Yes. to get him over there. Yes. And now he's there. What do you think about that? Well, that tells me that he been wanted out like I predicted a while ago. I felt as soon as he had that big fallout with Draymond Green, I knew. I, I knew. I told a lot of people. I said the way Draymond got him on the court and in the locker room, Draymond got up in him, like, I know you want to leave, we ain't dumb, we won without you, we can still win without you. Now, they, they salvaged their friendship, but I knew, I, I could see it in Katie's eye when he had the interview, like, I'm going to do what I got to do here, try to get another chip, and I'm out. And that was just, I, I stood with that, and it was proven today as he moved on to Brooklyn. Now, I didn't know he was going to Brooklyn, I can say and tell you I knew he was going to Brooklyn. I thought he was going to the Clippers. But you know what? I knew he was out. And that's the bottom line. And is it a good thing for Golden State? No. Is it a great thing for Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That changes everything in Brooklyn now. Now, what do you think about matching pairing him with Kyrie? Another um, dynamic guard. I think that's a nice, I think that's a nice tandem. As much as I don't like Kyrie Irving, I didn't want the Knicks to get him. But the truth is the truth. That's a nice tandem right there. Kyrie can create, kick the ball out. Mm-hmm. KD, if he comes back 100% from the Achilles, can also do the same. But that's yet to, to be seen yet. Okay. I think he'll eventually get back to the old KD, but me being the Knicks, I'm glad they didn't throw that money out there because there's nothing guaranteed with that. You know that. I, I, I do understand that. Now, I uh, one thing I like to do here on my show is I want to break down how it's going to affect them off the court. Okay. You know, what what things we're going to see uh, based off of their play and their style of play and how that's going to, you know, 
um, how should I put it, uh, translate to their new to their new found tandem that they're gonna have. Right. Don't now, also they got DeAndre Jordan. Yes. Yes. With DeAndre Jordan adding him into the mix and making him a great rebounder. Yes. Now what that's gonna do is they're gonna actually have space on the floor for Kyrie to really create how he wants to create. That's right. Because everybody knows their role. You know, you have KD out there taking shots from the three-point line as well as he's able to slash. He's pretty much the, the, the most ultimate scorer that you'll ever see in this game of basketball. He's a, he's a seven-footer with a jump shot and handle. And then you have Kyrie who can slash and create for every other player out there. I really think that that tandem is going to show, they're going to bring that West Coast style of basketball right. to the East Coast. Don't and, forget, Spencer Dinwiddie's over there. Yeah. Kick and ball. He can he's very ball. underrated. And and he's a running gun player also. There you go. He can ball. And then you got Joe player. Harris who can shoot the ball from the outside. So that's got a few little pieces to work around with, but I still think Brooklyn's really like one key man away from doing it. One key man away? Yeah. Now, I don't know who it is. I don't know. I mean maybe they can get him next year in free agency. And there's nobody right now really that's Kawhi going over there. But that's the beauty of it. Right. The beauty of it is with uh, Kevin being injured, they still have one year where they could they have a bird year. They could actually look for another free agent possibly next year that's going to help solidify this and give them the run that they're looking for. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Uh, do you want the Nets to make the playoffs knowing that? I Honestly. Because if they don't, then you know they'll get a high draft pick. I don't know. I, I prefer them not to make the playoffs. I, I prefer them to, and I don't want them to finish ninth. I want them to really. So you don't want them to tank. And I don't want them to like tank. Like the Knicks tank. The Knicks tank. Everybody know that. That's why the Zion dream didn't happen. <laughs> you can't tank and expect to get Zion. I knew that wasn't going to happen. They tanked. But I'm saying it's, it's overall, I think that uh, the Nets did the right thing by getting him. They should play their hardest that they can this season. If by 60 games in, they see that it's no longer an option. I don't think they should be looking to make the playoffs. Right. But don't give up the season, but just you shouldn't be actively chasing the playoffs at that point. But how about if Spencer Denwood takes it to another level and he's shining with Kyrie? I mean, this kid is really good. I mean, he showed a lot of promise last year. Yeah, but he ain't a proven star, but he showed a lot of promise. And but, that'd be huge because now. He kind of, let's say, blows up. Then you got KD in the wings. Yo, it can get crazy in Brooklyn. Man. But he had a different kind of point guard before. Right. With D'Angelo Russell, he was he was more of a street baller than, than uh, Kyrie is. Kyrie is going to slash and kick out. Kyrie's a better point guard than D'Angelo. Yeah, I'm, yeah, he is. But so I think that'll help Spencer. Then with, then, then, then let's see. Help. Let's see. Yeah, the only, only time will tell. But before I let you go, I just want to touch base real quick. Jimmy Butler went to Miami. Did it finally as a sign of trade? Yes, they did. How do you feel about that? He wanted the most money he could get. It was about money with Jimmy Butler. Because if it wasn't about money with Jimmy Butler, he would try to go to the Rockets, mm -hmm. maybe stay with, with the Sixers for like a less year. But he already made it clear he wanted a max. So do you think Miami is going to fit into his style of game? They're going to be, they're going to be maybe like 7 seed. In the East. They're going to lose White Side also. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, how Wade ain't there. White Side, Drogic is gone. I heard Wade's been flirting with coming out of retirement if they got Jimmy Butler. I know, but 
His move, flash, your move. Yeah, flash ain't got too much to offer no more. You know, he's probably 14 points a game. 14 points a game is all he needs. No, That's all he needs. 14 points a game, uh, Jimmy Butler doesn't need more than that. I know, but Flash. Jimmy Buckets, he don't need more than that. <laughs> if Miami want to make noise, it's got to be more than that. You know what I'm saying? More than the Jimmy Butler. But Miami will be very competitive. They'll, Like I said, they'll probably be seventh AC. Okay. They'll make the playoff. But they ain't going to compete with the top four East team, like Milwaukee, Sixers, Boston, and Toronto still up in the air. What happened to happen with Kawhi Leonard? All right, true, true. Now, last thing that I want to go ahead and touch base on, this is from the free agent signings. This is one of my coaches pick. The reason why he's a coach's pick for me is that even though he's not a major uh, producer every year on the court, he is he's one of those role players that you need as an anchor. And I think that Philly did a great job going there and certifying this anchor, making sure that he's going to be on their roster. And that's Tobias Harris. He got signed $180 million wow. for five years. What do you think about that? Definitely. Uh, I'm not going to hit on a man, you know, break the bank, but that's like a little too much money. For a guy that averaged 14 points in the playoff, I don't care what you did in the regular season. Mm-hmm. You averaged 18, 19, and you dropped the 14. That tells me a lot about you without no injury either. Wow. But you know what? In today's day, you got, you got uh, Chris Paul making $40 million. He's still in money. So why not why not Tobias Harris? So I, you know what? I'm not gonna hate on him. Good fan. Hey, I think if you if you could if you could keep that glue that you need to help move things and he's not a bad player. Players, no, he's not, he's not a bad, a bad player. player. And I think he'd be a better player if some of the stars around him were doing star like things. And I and I'm not I'm not like one of those people who like to mince my words. So I'm talking about Ben Simmons and your lack of three point shooting in the buildings. <laughs> There you go, Ben. I love Ben Simmons, man, but he's got to he got yeah, pull up a shoot. shot. He can't even. He's going to set on a foul line. But, hey, I want to thank you for coming on. I know this, oh, was, I know this was a last-minute thing because this was a breaking news. It's all love, man. I appreciate it's you. It's CWN thing. It's all yeah. love, man. It's all love. <laughs> well, I want everybody to hang around with me right here at Ball Court. And if you know anything about the Ball Court, it's a meeting of minds. So stick around. I had Diaz coming back. He's going to be my guest. We're going to talk about some Euro basketball. Stick with me. Tune in, y'all. Welcome back to Ball Court with Coach Drew. I have my guest, uh, not even just a guest, he's my guest anchor today. He's going to actually be helping out with us touching some base. We have Diaz back. Yeah, you going to it. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate Appreciate you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to be talking about the EuroLeague. You know, and the reason why I have Diaz here, not only is he a comedian, but former basketball player, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey. Punk guard, shooting guard. There you go. There you go. Still think you got it? Yeah. Yeah. That that shooting touch, that's God's gift. That never goes (laughs) The ball handling got to work on a little bit, probably. (laughs) That shooting touch. That's that's always automatic. It's coochie. Hey. Hey. We're going to be showing up at a wide near you, you know? We're challenging everybody, two on two. So before we go ahead and do that, though, let's get into this. Sounds good. All right. So we're going to talk about the Euro basketball. First first thing that I want to talk about is my guy, Rui Hachimura. I talked about him last week as our player to watch for, and the reason why I'm discussing him now is with the World Cup starting at the end of 
at the end of August, actually coming right around on the 31st, Japan does not look like they're going to be one of the front runners out there. But definitely, they do look like they're going to make a statement. Has Japan ever been a front runner? Never. Never. <laughs> but the fact that they're even on the, that they're now even being spoke of, is, is amazing. Because this kid, 6'8", yes. drafted nine, he could jump out the building, like I said last week. He flies, he runs hard, he plays hard. It's... It's like you, you. I'm rooting for Japan. I want them to win. I want them to at least be a contender. But we all know that that's going to be far fetched. Do they have a Stefan Marbury coaching? <laughs> <laughs> they, probably, they probably could use him. They probably could use him. You know? But I must say, right now, with Rui Hachimura, what do you think? You think they got to. Do you think they're at least going to make a splash? I think that that kid has a nice little engine. Nice motor. Um, I see him um, kind of as a, a, a hybrid Horford, though. Uh, really active on the glass, uh, things like that. But uh, his, he still seems raw as far as his, his skills are. So I'm uh, interested in seeing where he's going. But he has that, that Asian work ethic, so I'm pretty sure that might take him far. Hey, I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping it does. Now, next person that I want to go ahead and highlight, or the next team that we want to highlight, is the Greek feet. He will be playing for Greece. Yes, uh, Giannis is uh, going home to play. Now, in, in this case, I don't think it's a good idea. Like, I understand I that the celebrities, the stars, um, have been going over and playing in the World Cups and the Olympics since the Dream Team. But in Giannis's case, this season, uh, coming off the season he had, I'd be scared for in uh, injury if I were the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, that injury happened to Paul George. Mm -hmm. uh, during the, the World Cup games. Um, so you just are afraid of that injury when it could be a plus because hopefully he can work on his game and work on the jump shooting uh, that he desperately needs to add to his game in the other space. But at the same time, you fear the injury. Out there playing with other athletes who aren't necessarily talented. And so when you're on the court like that, in those situations, anything is probably going to happen. That, that's another way to look at it. I was more looking at it as being the fact that now he's an MVP here in the United States on the big stage. Six years ago, he was playing in the under-19 age division for Greece. And to come back, you know, six years later after conquering the right. mighty United States and to come back and say, hey, I'm going to lead my country to a World Cup. I found it to be... Something that was very endearing. It was like, well, wow, you know? Globally and market-wise, marketing-wise, for the NBA, it's a great thing. Because mm -hmm. the game is trying to expand international. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at the current Dallas Mavericks squad, that's a European <laughs> team. I don't even think they have an American on that team anymore. I know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, I, Toronto is our international team, but really, Dallas Mavericks are our international team. team. Yes, that's true. Well, and I think every, I think just about every player on that starting five is gonna be uh, playing in the World Cup. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, 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 Dirk is not playing. Well, World Cup. well, Dirk is retired, so yeah. Dirk, Dirk is eating ice cream now. Like Dirk, yeah, he's... Dirk has become Fat Thor. Like <laughs> Dirk, Dirk is good, but uh, uh, Dirk is better than ice cream. He's eating collard greens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Giannis, as far as uh, going to the World Cup. I fear the injury, but globally and market-wise, because he is the, M mm. the NBA's MVP and he is not American, 
plan for another team that does expand uh, the NBA globally, which uh, out of all the sports, they've done the best job of uh, marketing globally. Baseball's trying it now. We saw them. I did a game over in Europe. Football's been trying it for years with the NFL Europe. Things like that. But basketball has a good grip on it right now. You look at the Toronto Raptors, and that's a pretty yeah. success story. And that, that, yeah, that right there. Matter of fact, you take a look at the league now. The if it wasn't for that dream team, then the league now would look vastly different. You have a lot of players that were sitting there watching that dream team that's playing in the league or coaching in the league. You have. You have a lot of descendants coming from there, so I, I'm glad that the World Cup is doing this, and uh, I'm glad that Gianna decided that I'm not going to take the summer off, and he's going to go out there, represent for Greece, make it exciting here. In it's China. good that he's young, because after a while, you just, those extra miles, playoff uh, games, those miles, and then extending into something at like the World Cup, like that's why you see like uh, players like LeBron. Mm. Who's got older and things like that? Like they're not playing. But what about in that? For that matter, what about the Brazilian blur, Leandro Barbosa? He's he's rounding thirty six now, and he's, yeah. he's going in. He's going in for his fifth one. But Barbosa is somebody who was never really a superstar. You know what I mean? So he's like a like I Barbosa. Barbosa, I really like you. <laughs> Barbosa could end up playing on the big three next week. You know what I mean? Like, and no knock to the big three. That is an up-and-coming league and all that stuff like that. But, like, Barbosa's just one of those dudes. Uh-huh. And you can see playing when he's, like, 55 somewhere. You know what I mean? In the wild. I, I, <laughs> I, I can see that. I can see that. But I want to hand over to you right now some Euro, uh, some, the Euro basketball under-19 World Cup. I want you to uh, talk about some of the front runners that you see for the men. Well, uh, I don't see... Uh, well, under under nineteen, you definitely have to look at the ball. The ball uh, coming. I think uh, being over there in the Euro League is going to do him a lot of good because Europeans, uh, their fundamentals uh, tend to be more refined uh, than American ball players. American ball players are usually more athletic, whereas the European players are more skilled. Uh, they're more detailed. They have uh, all the fundamentals uh, down. So I, I look forward to uh, seeing that growth from that. But as far as uh, some other European stars uh, that will probably make their jump to the league, uh, you got Jerron Hillard, okay. who plays over in uh, Kettlebat, uh, Basconia. Okay. Uh, Tariq Black, I remember him, he's had his yeah. stint in uh, the league. Uh, he's over in uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv. So, uh, and uh, Shane Larkin is over in uh, Adula, Ephesus. So uh, those are guys, uh, Damon uh, Hillard, he's looking at probably going to the Nets. Okay. So that's going to be good with the KD parent. Uh, Tariq Black is probably going to end up over at the Houston Rockets. And uh, Shane Larkin will probably end up with the Celtics. Which they need another guard, especially after losing uh, Kyrie and things like that. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. I think that's going to be a good good fit. I'm glad that some of these young old players are coming over to the league yeah. and making that splash over there. All right. Before I, before I close out this segment, I do want to touch base because I got some front runners. I got some people who I don't think is really going to make a splash for the women. And this is for the uh, 2019 Women World Cup. I want to just give a shout out to a couple, a couple teams that I think is going to really, you know, show up. Like Spain. I think Spain's team is going to be excellent. Uh, last week, I spoke about France's team. Uh, Martine Fartois. She is uh, pretty much one of the better players of her age group. Yes. I think she's going to really make a splash. And I look at France 
to pretty much, if not, if they're not sitting in the gold medal game, playing that gold medal game, I hands down feel that, uh, that I think they're gonna be in that gold medal game against the US. Yeah, the US. I think the USA, Spain, USA, and France, I think those are gonna be the three top for the women. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, Miss Mamba uh, to come out out of Notre Dame, so I'm looking forward to that. Now, Couple people who I think is gonna, uh, one country that I think is kinda like, we definitely wanna keep an eye out for, cause I watched them play a couple days ago, and as a matter of fact, um, I'm gonna touch base on some of their play a little bit later on today, but one of the teams is Italy. I think they're a dark horse. Italy uh, and Australia. Australia's always a, a, a pretty good team on the men and the women's side. Yeah. So. But right now, Australia has one of the best, one of the best women's players playing. Wait, Deladonia is uh, isn't she from Australia? No, yeah, Deladonia's from Australia. Yeah. But also, they have Liz Cambay. Yes. And what she's doing in the WNBA has been absolutely amazing. But I'm not even going to talk about that right now. But I want to just wrap up this uh, the the this segment that I call Eurostep. So you know, you got to end your Eurostep eventually. Yeah. You can't get in a Eurostep too long. So. I want to wrap it up with giving a shout out to because the three and three FIBA three and three has closed last week. It was a great event, you know. I want to give a shout out to a couple of our um, MVPs. Okay. You know, for the for the men, uh, Robbie Hubble from USA. I think he did some clutch things in in that uh, tournament, even against Latvia, hitting those three pointers to seal the deal. Yeah, that was a shame. Yeah. <laughs> He shot, he shot the lights out of there playing outdoors. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. I think he did great. And for the women, I might be mispronouncing your name, from China, Jiang Jiang. She was amazing. She took it to the hole. Yeah, she got the handles. Yes, took it to the hole, got beat, pushed around, and she's just going back and forth. It was. Her she, game uh, uh, kind of reminds me of Saudi Aram Tree. Remember Saudi Aram Tree? Yes, yes, it does. Mm. Yeah. That is, right there, that's a great reference. Very much, very similar in the game where she she dominates you because she utilizes spacing, you know. And as you take a look at some of the footage that we're gonna that we have right here, she just you know attacking the rim, doing the things that what made her that MVP. Yeah. You know, a great job I think um, for her. A great job uh, for you, Robbie, and three with three on three all around. I think that was great. And I really do appreciate you hanging out with me today. Yeah, I you appreciate know? you having me up. It's fun. Oh, thank you, thank you. You know, I gotta be, I gotta come out to your podcast. Yes, come out to the podcast, <laughs> and then we also gotta go out to the to the wire. Oh, uh oh, uh oh, gonna rest two on two. So all you guys, I'm gonna tell you, the coach is gonna be there at your local wire. But right now, I will, I want you to stick around. I'm gonna be coming back. We got some great things in the next segment, just to touch base on. I'll see you. Hang around. Cut. Welcome back to Ball Court. I'm Coach Drew. And I just wanted to go ahead and talk about some great things that's been happening in basketball. One of the things I normally would wrap up during my Euro basketball uh, segment, I didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I didn't want to. I didn't want people to think that I forgot, and most importantly, I didn't want these ladies to think I forgot. 
And I'm talking about Slovenia and Hungary. They went out there and they played. Hungary came back after a double-digit deficit to fight back and win that game. And game after game, they showed that they are great. But now in this particular game, they showed that they cannot be beaten as easily. It went back and forth. They were down double digits in the third quarter. Now, the game was close throughout. In the first quarter, you know, they had a, it was a couple of traded buckets, you know, a couple great shots, some great moves as well. In the second quarter, as you can clearly see, it started to, you know, pick up a little bit more. It, you know, it was a lot, they it, it started to pull away a little bit, but it was nothing really desperate. But in the third quarter, at that 10-point lead, I, we all thought that it was over. We thought Hungary was gone. We thought Slovenia has won it once again. And a team like that can't close you out. But Hungary did not give up. They passed the ball. They used spacing. They used diligence. They used defense. And they won that game. Bringing it back to an 88-84 victory. Congratulations, women. I think you did a great job. Now, also with that, talking about that, I want to talk about Kia Stokes. You know, playing out of, playing out of, for Turkey. She debuted in the World Cup. She was phenomenal. And, and actually, I'm going to break down how great she was a little bit later on to show you that spacing that was utilized to make her as great as she was. Now, Kia, if you do remember the name, is a UConn standout. You know, she played at UConn, dominated at UConn. And if anybody who follows the WNBA, you know that she is playing for the New York Liberty. But she made her debut at that Turkey team, and she showed out. So the world is now on notice. Kia Stokes is here. And I want to say congratulations for what she did. You know, going back and forth in that game was a tough game. But you utilize all the things that make you great to be great there. And you can see that Gino's uh, influence on how you play the game was dominant in there. And we're going to touch base on that, that spacing a little bit later. You know, now, the topic that is my favorite topic, close to my heart, I love this topic, and this is the reason why we came back for this, is Shady or Genius, and we got a double dip of Shady or Genius today, alright, so the first thing I want to talk about, now, I think this is just shade, pure shade, alright, there was this young man, I'm not going to even call him out by name, because he don't deserve it, but there's this young man, he stated, and I, I, I want to I, I make sure I have it clear exactly how he came across. He said, when you're going to get it through your thick skull that the WNBA players don't make a lot of money because the WNBA doesn't bring in a lot of money because no one wants to watch layups and air balls for two hours. Now, if you don't know who I am, I am Coach Drew. Not only do I coach individual athletes as a private coach and a personal coach, I also coach an AAU girls team. And I know this for a fact. I can randomly pick out any five of those girls and they will light up any one of these boys talking. These WNBA players are phenomenal athletes. Not to mention they are very skilled. Now, if you're talking about layups and air balls for two hours, I'm more than positive by your uh, photos that you have on your 
profile, that that was your practice. Layups and air balls for the last two hours. These girls are dunking. These girls are talented. These girls are lighting it up. D. Brown's daughter, right? Lexi Brown, she has been on film lighting up D2 players. These girls play against Division I players every single day. And I can tell you probably will never play against a Division I player in your life. You need to congratulate them. Now, if you want to talk about the economics of this, for all those people who sit around who got cut from their high school basketball team and they want to talk about how the WNBA is not as good as the NBA, that's why they do not make as much money. Let's go ahead and take a look at the economics. First of all, they are they do have things known as profit sharing in the NBA and WNBA. In the NBA, these players make 50% on those profit shares. In the WNBA, they make 30%. Now, for those who cannot do the math, 50% is higher than 30%. Therefore, regardless of how much they pack the stadium, they're still going to always make less than their male counterparts are packing that stadium. Now, needless to say, I didn't have to go off on this young man. I, didn't, I know I kicked up and I did what I had to do, but I didn't have to go off on this young man. Liz Cambay already did it for me. She wrote back, why is it always little boys whose balls haven't even dropped trying to talk about the WNBA? And I know for sure I've dunked the ball more times than you in your whole life, little boo-boo. She got you. And, and believe me, with the way she played in that overtime victory last night, I'm more than positive you would not be able to hold her bra when she plays. So keep it. Keep it quiet. Keep your shade to yourself. Now, in our second, in our second dip of shady or genius, I want to talk about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, if you haven't heard, signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Hundred, let me see, hundred and sixty-four million. Wow, I'm glad the Brooklyn Nets was able to sign him. And injured Kevin Durant signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. We all look at that as saying that, man, Brooklyn must have had a great pitch today. You know, with today being the day of signing and all, they must have came up with a great pitch to get Kevin Durant. And how did they get Kyrie? It's not like Kyrie knew Kevin Durant wasn't going to be here or was going to be there, right? Hmm. Sounds shady to me. Because guess what? Kevin Durant got injured with a torn Achilles in the finals. We all know this. It was, it was devastating. And he flew immediately to go get his surgery by Dr. Martin O'Malley, who's also the team doctor for the Brooklyn Nets in their facility. So he was able to get his Achilles repaired by their doctor in Brooklyn, got a house, so he was able to rehab in Brooklyn, bought a house out there, not in Brooklyn, but in New York, where he's able to rehab. Got the Achilles fix in Brooklyn, and then a few days later, signs in Brooklyn. I can tell you his badge is already packed. You can tell when the marriage is already gone. Brooklyn, Brooklyn was the side chick that he was dating all the time, and he told you, don't worry about her. And guess what? Now you got to worry about her, because 
That's where he's living now. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and file that under Shady. For in, that, in today's edition of Shady or Genius, I'm going to say that that was Shady. Brooklyn, you're wrong for that. You're wrong for that. And Kevin, how you going to be cheating on Golden State like that? And acting like you acting like you all there for them, showing back up, knowing that you're going to get hurt. And then after you get hurt, with your, with your current girl, you're going to go ahead and leave to your new girl house? That was Shady. That was shady. But I want to thank y'all. I'm going to see y'all in a little bit. I'm going to take a quick little break. I want y'all to get up, go get do some chips. I'm going to grab me some water. And we'll be right back here on Ball Court. talking about the WNBA. It's been a crazy great season. I'm saying the Las Vegas Aces, I've been watching them all year and they have been exciting all year with an overtime win last night and Liz Cambay actually, she was on fire. And she don't just flame people on Twitter now. She's also flame people on the court. Bringing them back in that overtime and uh, sealing that deal for us. Great job with that win. Now, also, I want to talk about some of the league leaders. We do have uh, Dewana Bonner out of Phoenix, you know, leading the league in points right now at 20.9 points per game. And I'm telling you, she's a scorer. Now, we all thought that with Diana Taurasi being out in Phoenix this year, that, you know, they were going to need a little bit more scoring outside of just Brittany Griner. But Dewana Bonner has pretty much, you know, change that thought process for us. She's solidified that she's going to be their scorer on that team, and she's going to make sure that they're going to be the future of Phoenix. Now, I also want to talk about number two, Natasha Howard. You know, at 18.9 points a game, playing for Seattle. Seattle's always a good team. They're always in the mix. And I think that this year is no different. They're still going to be a great team, a great asset. Uh, Sue Bird, not out there this year, but I think that, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be the ones, you know, and Natasha, great job, keep it up. One of my favorites is going to be the number three from the New York Liberty, Tina Charles. Tina is always up there each and every year as a scoring threat. This year is no different. I expect her during the second half of the season to really pick it up and show you what her scoring can do. So don't look at her to be number three throughout the whole year. Things are going to turn around for her shortly. Now, with that being said, we're talking about those point leaders. I definitely want to touch base on the fact that Las Vegas, my current home and future home, I think I'm going to be here for a while. I love it here. But we're going to be hosting the WNBA All-Star Game. And this is going to be a big one. We have a lot of All-Stars that are now moved out to the West with the, uh, the Okimowe sisters, as well as Liz Campbell being out here. I think it's going to be an excellent event. Candace Parker, always a great All-Star to have, even though it's not in her home city. With it being close to uh, Los Angeles, I know that she's going to make sure that it's going to be a fun experience. So I'm looking forward to all these ladies coming out here, doing a great time. 
Hopefully, we'll be getting some live coverage directly from the All-Star game and get to meet some of these ladies as well as have some interviews with them. All right, well, that's going to be something to look forward to. Also, I want to talk about a couple of great other things that's been happening in the world of basketball on the, U on the U.S. soil. I know I've done a lot of U.S. basketball today because there's been some big things happening this week. But I have to, I, I, I kind of want to touch base on something that is very rarely, and that I don't get to see a lot. I love to see people work their way up to an organization. A lot of us, when we're hiring coaches, assistant coaches, especially when it comes to schools and professional, we tend to look outside. We look for the next big thing or the person who has success somewhere else outside of our organization or outside of the organization. But I want to touch base on Joseph Blair. Yes, Joseph Blair, NBA, NBA G League championship coach. He coached uh, for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. He was actually called up by the 76ers to be the assistant coach. Congratulations, Joseph. I think it was well-deserved. You did a great job with those Vipers this year, and I think you're going to do a phenomenal job with the Sixers. Now, with them re-signing Tobias Harris, as well as getting Al Horford, I think your job is going to be a little bit easier, but it's also going to be difficult because you don't have Jimmy Buckets or J.J. Reddick. But I know that you got it. Godspeed. We're all behind you on this one. All right. Now, I want to talk about a couple of the Drew Lee prep standouts. Um, one of the things that I really liked about the Drew League this year was that this time they actually had a lot of high school players that were standouts that were either going to college and or going on to play professional careers, such as uh, LaMelo Ball, um, the O'Neal brothers that we spoke about last week. We have a lot of good standouts out there. I'm really enjoying now that the Drew League is another way for these kids to show their talent. And when you get to show your talent on the big stage where it's the only rule is no excuse, just produce. When you get to show your talent like that, colleges, professionals, overseas, get a chance to see what you can do. And I think that this is a great outlet for them because playing professional sports doesn't solely mean you have to go to the NBA. There's still the NBL, there's still the Euro League. There's a lot of great leagues around this world that will pay you to do what you could do. And the Drew League is a great way and is a great stepping stone for them. I, I like what they're doing over there. Great job. All right? So now we're going to come back. I, like I promised you last week that we always going to cover the NBL. So we got this next segment called Down Under. And we're going to take a, take a look to see what's going on in the NBL when we return. Thank you. Hang around with me right here on Ball Court. segment we call it down under. Right now the NBL had a couple big things taking place. They had quite a few big things taking place. Similar to the NBA, this time of year is very exciting in the NBL. 
They have free agent signings. They have um, they have coaches moving. They have people getting traded. But they have some, one thing that I find to be absolutely amazing right now. They're gonna be added. They want to add a tenth team to the NBL. Now this tenth team is gonna be coming out of Tasmania, and I think that this is gonna be a great addition to the NBL. I'll always love to see when a um, when there's a program or a set of people that are growing, and the overall, as you can see with the NBL and their organization, it is growing. It's gonna become something big, and it's getting even bigger. So that tenth team in Tasmania. It's going to be something that we want to look at. Now, anybody who does, you know, focus on the NBL, we know about one of the great uh, 36ers guard, Jacob Wiley. He's now going to be leaving the NBL. He's going to be going to Euro basketball. So he's going to be taking his Euro step out to play in the Euro League next year. And please, I don't want anybody to cry because if you're a 36ers fan, I don't want you to sit here and say, where, where's our team going to go from here? Because similar to the 36ers, similar to the Boston Celtics, are, are going to be retooling their guards immediately. They're not going to take a year off and see how it develops. They're going to retool. They went out and signed Eric, uh, Eric Griffin, guard, explosive guard, similar to Jacob Wiley, but younger. So 36ers, they did it. Not only just get better, they got younger with that signing. Now, not to take anything away from Jacob Wiley, I wish you all the best on your EuroLeague adventure. I do think that's going to be that one more step that's going to take before you enter the NBA ranks. I see the way you play your game. You have a very veteran mindset. That's something that is utilized in the NBA locker room. You are of value, so keep playing and keep doing what you do. All right? Now, also... Um, I want to speak about uh, Melbourne United's big signing of uh, Shea Illy. Um, he is a, a, a dominant forward. I'm glad that they were able to pick him up. I do not think that uh, Melbourne United is going to actually be gonna, actually going to be able to beat Iwara this year due to the fact that that signing, as a great of a signing as it is, they just don't have enough pieces in place right now, and they don't have enough firepower. The Warrior, like I said, have Aaron Brooks leading the point. He's a he's a very uh, smart guard. Not to take anything away from Aaron Griffin, but I think that Aaron Brooks is going to probably uh, push him around a little bit, move him around. And then, coming off the bench, we have an explosive guard with LaMelo Ball, who has done everything short of set the Drew League on fire, you know? A matter of fact, last uh, game that he played, I saw him come back in a game, hit the game-winning shot, the game-winning three-point shot, and turn to the crowd and take the bow. The Warren now has that in their clubhouse. I definitely do see them moving forward, being one of the better teams. So when we take a look at that video from LaMelo, you have to think about that. Imagine that in an Elwara uniform going day in and day out with Aaron Brooks feeding him the ball. This is going to be a great season for y'all. NBL is going to be a fantastic thing to watch. I'm going to, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Now, outside of that, I don't have any more information that I want to talk about with the NBL right now because I'm waiting to find out what happens with that 10th team. 
You might see me in the Tasmania jersey soon. Yep. I will be a fan of Tasmania. I, like, I always like those up-and-coming teams. You know, they're going to be a big one. Now, when we get back, I'm going to sit here and we got some film that I want to break down. I want to show you how spacing allows Turkey to dominate and how it allows Kia Stokes to be the great Kia Stokes that we remember from UConn. Hang around here on ball court. I got some breakdowns for you. Hang with me. Cut. Take a look. 
spacing is important when you play the game, and spacing is also important when you are actually developing your style of play. One of the key things that a lot of the younger players tend to do is they tend to clutter the lane. You get a big in the lane, sit, setting up on one side of the box, then you have another big set up on the other side of the box, then they want to throw it right in from the top of the key. That right there is going to cause that clutter that's going to force you to have to kick it back out. Patience is key. Patience is virtue. So what we want to do, remember, if you can work the ball just like she did from the top of the key to the shake, you now have that box open. And that was the breakdown right here with Coach Drew. I want, to, I want you all to stick around. I'm going to do a quick little wrap-up, tell you about everything that we had going on today, so a couple things that we have to look forward to for next week right here on Ball Court. Stick with me. Hey, welcome back. Ball court. I want to thank each and every one of you for hanging out with me today. We learned a lot about basketball. We talked, we touched base. You know, I want to thank Al for coming on. I want to thank Diaz for coming on. We touched base on a lot of things. Diaz brought up a lot of great points, you know, about the Euro basketball, as well as a lot of standouts that we want to look forward to. Al, thank you. I, I definitely want to thank you for your great points that you brought about KD, you know, and having, and having uh, DeAndre Jordan there. That might be the key difference. You know? But most of all, I definitely want to thank the WNBA. I want to thank our uh, I want to thank our NBA affiliates as well as my producers and CWN Sports. We come out here to bring you great, you know, great content each and every week, and I'm glad that we're able to do that. I will see you next week right here on Ball Court. I'm Coach Drew, and this has been the World of Basketball. All right, so now we're gonna take your. Oops, I don't do it that way.